Years ago, legends began to be whispered of one who embarked on a quest. A quest to dredge through the depths of the streaming services, looking for the best, the worst, the most interesting movies he could find. But this quest consumed him. He drowned in a stream of his own hubris, and he was never heard from again. But time has passed, and time has changed, and rumors once again speak of a stranger on a quest. If these whispers speak true, what do they pretend? What sights has this stranger seen since he last walked amongst us? And if the stranger has returned, how has his time away from us changed him? Has he returned alone, or has something followed him from the abyss? Could this be the long-heralded return of the Bloodstream? Welcome back aboard streamers! That's right, the bloodstream is sailing again! We back, baby. Yeah, I took a little bit of a vacation there, huh? My get up and go got up and went, as they say. Anyways, I am back. We will see for how long, but I would really like to keep going at the every two weeks interval that I had going before, so keep your fingers crossed, streamers. But for now, let's just dive right in and get the show on the river? Yeah, whatever. We're making this up as we go along as usual, because that is the Bloodstream way. Well, not entirely. If you're new to the show, which you might be since we've been on a two-year hiatus, the idea of the show is I grab something more or less at random, but not really because I kind of go digging for something that looks interesting on one of these streaming services be it Netflix, Shudder, Amazon Prime, or anything that catches my eye. In fact, this week's episode is an exception to that, but I'll get to that in just a second. I usually tend to go with Amazon Prime because they have the most... interesting is the most charitable word I can use there. But that is the idea of the show, and I am your host, Jason Gray, because as is ritual on the bloodstream, I forget to say that about 75% of the time. It's a miracle we're only five minutes into the show, and I've at least gotten it in by now. Our first movie back from our long time sailing down the river is a movie called Start Again. Oh, ha ha, very funny, whichever one of you came up with this movie. <sighs> Fine, let's see what this movie's about. A cursed manuscript imprisons Leon Kennedy with his wife during a secret meeting over the weekend. The curse? To live again the same day for eternity. Okay, okay, I can deal with a time loop sort of, uh, plotline. So I'm willing to give this movie a bit of a chance. Now, as I said, this movie is a little different from where I normally find movies. I do make the occasional exception to watch a movie if it's only available on YouTube, as far as I can find. I don't really like doing that, I don't condone it, but in this instance, that's what I did with this movie. 
I think it was on Amazon Prime at one point, and I was going to review it earlier, but yeah, it took a couple years off, and here we are. But that's the kind of caveat I wanted to give on this movie. Uh, so let's just play the trailer, and I'll be right back. again opens up with some badly written text on the screen about five people in the United Kingdom who go missing in the small town of Circle Valley. But then everything mysteriously returned back to normal on January 29th. Huh. That's my birthday and that's really kind of weirding me out. We go from there to a small diner, and the footage is super blown out. But besides that, if you can get past the sheer brightness of everything, it looks like serious carnage has gone down in this place. At least we're starting out strong. There are bodies strewn about, spewing up various fluids, and most of the people are covered in these veiny lesions. Except for one woman in a red dress, standing in the middle of all this mess. And if there is one thing the Matrix taught me, it is do not trust a woman in a red dress. She reads from a book that is basically just repeating the badly worded intro, and we see shots of the massacre over and over again, in increasingly rapid cuts, until it reaches a nauseating level, and we end up flashing back to some time ago. We watch this next portion of the movie from a point-of-view shot of a man who's talking to the woman in the red dress as they start getting the diner ready for opening or whatever and the man goes to make a mug of tea. A process, I might add, we get to excruciatingly watch the entire process of. And that's about when Ada arrives in our very first clip back. I'm trapped here. My agent, my editor, you trapped me here, that's what you did. No, I didn't do anything. It doesn't oh. matter. It doesn't matter. Don't give me those looks. Come on. It's for your own good. Oh, who's that now? Oh, this is turning out to be a fantastic weekend. Hey. Hi. Some candy. Am I late? No, Thanks. it's not. Hi. Hi. It's a great place. So you like it? Oh, yeah. It's great. You want to sit down? Uh, yeah, thank you. Have a seat. Thanks. 
Shall I start with these or shall I wait till later? Oh, let's wait later. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, you're a vegetarian. Yeah, I am. Mm. You? No, I love No. It's and too much effort. Food? Well, I eat everything almost. Yeah. Most candies and all the sweet parts, so... Oh, yeah, that's nice. <clears throat> Has Ella arrived? Yes, she's in the bathroom. Yes. We should wait for her. Yeah. Come on. And that is enough boring chatter. Ada comes out of the bathroom to have a seat with the other three, and shall we begin? I wish I had any clue what's going on. At this stage of the game, I should at least have an inkling of what is going on, you'd think. But these four people have arrived at the restaurant, which actually isn't even open until tomorrow, and yet one of them somehow has an agent and an editor. This has nothing to do with restaurant management, as far as I remember. But before any of that can get cleared up, we flicker back through the collage of images that started this whole mess, and are now watching the movie from some other perspective. Staring at the man, who we finally learn is Leon from the description, and we see that same sort of spiderweb lesion on his face, and he, as the person we're watching the movie from comforts him. He's told it was written in the book that he would come here, find his muse, and must start writing. So, he does, because it's written. And you know, when I first wrote the notes for this, I had the question of what writer is sitting down to write their big comeback story with a giant red sharpie marker, but apparently certain other people like to sign paperwork in big black marker, so I'm not even gonna question this anymore. We flash back again to the same scene, but now we're watching it from the perspective of the woman in the red dress. Oh, fuck me, this is like Rashomon, but pointless. I can't even be bothered to wonder if the differences in this scene and the original one are timeline glitches or the actors are just plain screwing up. I think it becomes a little clearer as we go along that the differences are kind of planned and on purpose because they are clearly different things happening and it's more than just actors flubbing lines. After the four actors get seated around the table again, we reset again with a brief interlude between the loops of once more seeing Leon writing more in the book and being told it works. With this third trip through the same exact scene, we begin with Ada's perspective as she's coming up to the eatery. So at least we get to skip the epic tea-making scene. Instead, this time around, we get to go with Ada into the bathroom. Which actually breaks away from the single-shot scene we've had up to this point. Because they have to cut the scene awkwardly every single time Ada looks towards the mirror, or else we would see the camera strapped to her head. And again, once everyone is sitting at the table, you know what happens. Reset once more. And... I think we need a clip before we cycle back to Jill's perspective, because we all know that's coming. Look, it's written in the book. Something about the ink. 
Because of their simple beliefs, they didn't recognize the power that lays in the pages and in the ink of the written stories. What is the ink of the written stories? Blood. What? Yep, it's blood. So, I guess that explains why it looks like it's written in red sharpie at least, but still, come on. Anyways, yes, the scene cycles again, but this time is the shortest yet since Jill arrives right near the end of the rewrites. Oh no, wait. Just as it looks like we're going to recycle again, including another shot of Leon laying there as Claire reads from the cursed book, we go back and actually continue the scene. Yes, that's right. After seeing the same thing four times in a row, we actually get to move forward with the narrative. And <gasps> someone else actually arrives at the door while they all try to convince Leon to get off his ass and write his next great novel. Uh, okay, after sitting here for over a year not doing the bloodstream, I probably shouldn't give him too much shit for that. I mean, if anyone knows it can be hard to find your motivation to get back to your long-lost project, it's gonna be me! No, wait, I spoke too soon. Ada goes to the door and no one's there. You know what would have been better than nothing? Anything! But she does manage to notice a small book left by the trash can. And suddenly Leon is there complaining about deja vu. Huh. Gee, I wonder why. And dude, you're either way too late for that comment, or actually rather early since we're in a whole new cycle of this mess. Ada opens up the book to take a look, and that's gonna be our next clip. Look what I found. Not at all. <laughs> You're a funny guy. What? Now it's clear why you brought us here. Congratulations, everybody. This is Start Again by Leon Kennedy, also known as Joan Shepard. It's fantastic. Baby, I nearly need time. We were so worried. Leon has been busy after all. I I don't know where that came from. I didn't write it. Of course you didn't. John Shepard did. And finally, we do cycle back again, but into this sequence of events not going all the way back, so that's something at least. This time around, we're in Leon's perspective, and things go pretty much the same. The only thing of note that really jumped out at me was a sudden cut from Leon sitting down to suddenly being outside. Which, again, not sure if they're trying to work around some filmmaking problems, or actual deliberate part of the script trying to illustrate timeline glitches. Hey kids, can you guess what happens next? Well, first we get another interlude, with some person entering the diner that we haven't met yet, but they actually keep the scene completely blacked out, because to show us what's going on would bring me joy. But it is the most interesting thing to happen in the movie thus far, so here's another clip. Oh, nice to meet you finally, Claire. My name's Hollis. Hollis Shepard. Let her go. You have no idea who I am, do you? Let her go! I've read the book. I've read the book just for the end. But now a deal's going to an end. And I'm here to destroy your world. 
What is she talking about, Leon? Turk. You think your lovely Leon is a gifted novelist? Do you have idea why he has this writing block since years? Because he's not a gifted writer. He published some stories and offered him a chance to be the best in the world. Is that true, Leon? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And then we... Wait, what? We're not doing things over again. We're actually progressing the plot a bit further beyond finding the book. Huzzah! Ada begins reading the book, and it's about a man searching for his muse while spending some time with his wife in a diner, getting a meal ready, and... Oh, fuck, is this Alan Wake all over again? This movie has gone beyond just being recursive. And now we're getting the story-within-a-story-meta bullshit. I'm sorry, but this movie is not clever enough to pull this shit off. Not clever enough by half. The editor reads a bit from the book that says the people in the diner will be struck with a silence, and then they will start to believe. And yes, then the movie goes absolutely, completely dead silent, as the mic gets cut. Thankfully, because the room noise in there was killing me. Everyone starts screaming, trying to be heard, and this goes on for a solid 30 seconds of absolutely dead air. When sound comes back, they try to figure things out, and let's just go to another clip. What the hell is happening? Calm down. Okay, relax, please, relax. What the hell is going on? Look, it's a story, alright? Whatever's written in here, it's happening here, out here. The editor is the first to meet his horrible fate, the dark day as a man's literary creation. Creation? Are you saying that your novel is coming to life? Nice. It's a book. It's fiction. It attacks a small town. It's infection. Okay, so what happens next? You were reading it. So what does that mean? The silence. It overwhelms you. You become... It's one shared thought, one shared desire. This desire of thirst, thirst for blood, that's what it is. Okay, okay, but how to fight silence with noises? It's a book. It's fiction. I don't think so. Not anymore. Fighting silence with words? What is this? Recursive Inception Pontypool? As Ada tries to leave, there comes a thumping sound, and at first I thought someone else was at the door. But no, there is an invisible force field, because of course there is, which keeps them from reaching the door. <sighs> At least they didn't do that walking against the wind shit. On the upside, this is the longest we've gone without having a reset. Jill knows the book is to blame, and decides to try destroying it. A nice idea, but it is incapable of being harmed. I say hey, you're in a restaurant. Let's at least try to set the book on fire? Fire solves everything. And I spoke too soon. We cut to another interlude of darkness, and since the interlude seemed to be where most of the plot happens, it's time for another clip. She tricked me, Claire. I wrote the book that made him a superstar. And after all that, after all that I gave him, after all that I did for him, I still want to leave you. Why, then? Because I loved him. Yeah, I know. But he's supposed to love me. But the love for you, Claire. Me. It's so powerful. I can it so I curse you all for the eternity. 
mistake. I made a mistake. I'm s I escaped from her and I stole a book. So, yep. It looks like Leon is a plagiarizing asshole. And now he and his friends are paying the price. At least we don't go to an actual rewind. And instead just jump to Jill spinning up some blood. Since she's become infected with whatever this plot is. Everything suddenly goes mostly dark. As the darkness comes in as silence, but fears the light. What? That is a bunch of... I'm not even gonna bother. I can't. <laughs> Moving on. We get a weak sauce fight from Leon's perspective until Claire shines a light on the infected girl and they push her into the bathroom. For fuck's sake, this is Alan Wake. They yell at each other for a bit and Leon decides that the only way to save them is to rewrite the book and change the ending. But has anyone actually read the ending this time as it currently stands? It might be fine. Well, okay, not so fine for Jill, but everyone else. At this point, the movie totally abandons its normal structure, what little it had passing for structure, and instead of recycling, doing an interlude, etc., you know how it goes, we just suddenly are in Ada's perspective jumping from Leon's. Because reasons? They hear a commotion and find Jill has escaped, so great job locking her up, guys. They rush into the light of the bathroom, locking themselves in. So this all is going great. Everyone decides that, yeah, rewriting the book? Great idea at this point. But, uh, <laughs> they left the book outside the bathroom with the rage monkey. Leon does the right and brave thing and rushes out to try and grab the book. Well, after a lot of arguing about it, but he does go and make an attempt. And it is no surprise that when... And it is no surprise that when he runs into Jill, there is more weak sauce fighting. Is this the first quote-unquote zombie movie where the same creature has been fought off successfully twice? Leon finally returns to the bathroom just in time for Ada to become infected. And again, we cycle through the opening scene of Carnage and fuck, The movie completely restarts! <laughs> At least there is a small mercy that footage is edited together from all four perspectives into one consistent flow so we see the whole story. I could have almost worked with all these repeats in a rewriting the plot kind of way, but that never really quite comes across and I don't even know if that's what they were properly going for. As if running through the entire movie up to this point in a single go was bad enough, we even get some of the blacked out interlude repeated. Please move this story forward. But no, it's back to reading more of the book and just, you did this 35 minutes ago. Seriously, I could have just watched the last half hour of this movie and saved myself a lot of time and trouble. If you were going to make me literally rewatch the entire movie in its streamlined form, you could have at least made this variant a little different. To at least go with the rewriting theme it seemed like you're trying to go with here. But instead, it is nothing more than everything we've already seen pieced together in a straight line. Fuck! Once the movie catches up to Ada going feral again, 
it suddenly cuts back to Leon finding the book and saying he feels deja vu. So do we all, pal. So do we all. Fuck. Fuck. And that's where it ends. Well, mostly. It first tells us everyone is missing, despite the earlier claim of everything going back to normal. And finally, we get to see footage of Alice that's not blacked out. So thank fuck for that. The last line is Alice, again saying she cursed them all for eternity. And I cannot help but feel included in that. And I didn't even do anything. I'm not even supposed to be here today. <sighs> Alright, let's get into my final thoughts. Avoid this movie. If I have to tell you that at this point... <sighs> Folks, it goes nowhere. It literally runs in circles for 70 minutes. And that is 40 minutes too long. The whole rewrite the book plot and the gimmick of repeating things goes nowhere. It's literally the same collection of scenes half a dozen times. Like I said, if you're going to do this thing and have this, this rewrite reality through the book thing, if you're repeating the scenes, do things differently to pay that off. This is such a colossal waste of time. This is like going to watch Groundhog Day and Ned doesn't do anything different in any of the days. Ever. What was the point? I can't believe this is the movie I come back on with the bloodstream. Holy shit. I am flabbergasted at, at that repetitive nonsense I just sat through. Wow. <sighs> Give me a second here and I'll wrap up the show. So yeah, I really want to thank everyone for being so patient in the long hiatus the bloodstream went on. I am going to try to stick to a regular schedule, like I said, every other week. That's what we're aiming for. We'll see how it goes. I have a bunch of episodes in the can that I have recorded at various points over this disaster of a break. Always intending to get back to the show and never quite hitting the right tone. I knew after I'd been gone for so long, I wanted to do something special to come back and kind of commemorate the event. That's when I saw Start Again. Wow, yeah, what a movie to come back on. That that was that was what really got the ball rolling. I am recording this outro probably six months to a year after I recorded the main part of this episode. And uh, over the next few episodes, you're going to have a handful of notices where I talk about how there's been a delay, how there's going to be some weird stuff in the episodes where I'm talking about stuff and things might not line up. Because, like, the next episode I have on deck, that was recorded almost immediately after uh, the Body Tree episode and was always intended to be the next thing in the sequence. So it's going to be a little bit of a throwback and there will be some stuff going on in that episode that might not be relevant to the show anymore or to my life. And I just wanted to give a heads up that over the next few episodes, as I get the ones I have recorded out the door, there's going to be that bit of weirdness as we get that train rolling again. I've got some really cool plans coming up. I know episode 50 is right around the corner, or in five years if I keep to this every two-year schedule. So yeah, once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being patient. The Bloodstream is back, theoretically. It all depends on my lazy ass. But I've got things figured out. I've kind of got where this will fit in my schedule of doing stuff. So let's wrap this up and... 
get to work on the next thing. Thank you so much for listening to the Bloodstream. I have been Jason Gray. This was a terrible movie. If you have enjoyed listening to my slow descent into madness, you can find more episodes just like this on Apple Music, TuneIn, uh, Spotify. I'm not even sure what we're on anymore. Um, if you search for the Bloodstream, you should be able to find us on most popular podcasting platforms. We are the one that is not a medical podcast. If there is a streaming movie you particularly want me to talk about, you can shoot me an email at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group, uh, The Bloodstream. Just search for that. It should come up easily enough. Since we've been gone a while, I want to thank Kevin McLeod for our outro music of Baba Yaga. That is sticking around. I absolutely love that track. Thanks to Chris DeBerg for the clip I used to begin the shows now of Don't Pay the Ferryman. You can find us on Tumblr at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. I'm still not quite in the groove here with the outros, so I think I've got everything covered. If not, it'll get mentioned in a later episode. Once again, I, I, I know I've said it five or six times already, but thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. I will do my best to be more on the ball and keep this thing sailing down the river. Until next time, faithful streamers, keep on streaming. Fucker, they were all named after Resident Evil characters.
Don't worry. <laughs> It'll only hurt. A lot. <laughs>